Yeah, uh-huh, listen up, yeah, I can see you're new to this, you ain't got no job, you ain't got no experience, you're entry level, you ain't got no qualifications, baby, you're entry level. Your entry level, baby. Your entry level. Ooh, yeah. Entry level. Yeah, let's sick ready. Let's do it. James is ready. Welcome to another episode of Entry Level. Whoa, hey. Uh, and our guest today is James Adomian. Yeah. In my room uh, right now because uh, because Burns is watching the Pro Bowl, so he can't do it out there. Yeah, it's the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl, the most fun bowl of the, the way more fun than the Super Bowl. Is it like the best of player wise? Yeah, it's like it's like um, greatest hits according to singles. Yeah, yeah, it's just like who's the who's the best like quarterback they play unless they're in the Super Bowl. And then the albums face off against each other in the Super Bowl. The albums, yes. Then it's <laughs> this a, is a tired. This is a stretched analogy already. People have already started skipping forward. Stamps. dot com. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody who's done podcasts, whenever they come on, they're just like, "When do you uh, sell stamps? dot com?" Yeah. Uh, anyway, James Dome is a great comedian. You know him uh, from many Fair. many things. You have a cartoon that just is coming out. Uh, yeah, the Showtime debut is February 11th. It's called Our Cartoon President, and I play Ted Cruz. Whoa! And Sean Hannity and some other guys. Cool. What about what about Bernie? You're you're well known for I'm, playing Bernie Sanders. Not yet on this show, but um, I don't know. Harass them, lobby them, lobby them. Yeah, for Bernie and Gorka. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe don't. I don't know. Maybe that gets me off the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you find out how quickly you can be replaced on a cartoon. I've replaced. I've I've replaced people on cartoons. Yeah? Yeah, I do TJ Miller's voice on Big Hero 6 now. But it okay. was this was a long time ago. Okay. I've been doing it for like a few years. Oh yeah, he got too busy. He got too he was busy. Yeah. yeah. And then uh and then I guess and then another guy came in and he did five episodes and they're like we don't like this guy. And then I went in and then I did it. So they literally can replace anybody on. So you're like the go-to Fill in guy. Mm, sure, for uh, white guys who drink too much. Like, <laughs> There's a certain vocal timber. Yeah, yeah. They're like, ah, it seems like he's hung over yeah, at all times. Um, but he shows up. That's but, what we care about. But he shows up. Yeah, exactly. He shows up and he couldn't be more excited because it's currently his only job. Um, <laughs> all right. But James, how, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You're doing good. You live in the area? You're a Los Feliz boy? Yes. Yes, I'm in Los Feliz. I've done Los Feliz, the podcast, as I think you have. I love that podcast. It's yeah, so great. I listen to it when I go running, which is rarely, but I still, it's the thing I listen to when I go running around Los Feliz. Yeah, I see you when I run a lot. Like I'm jogging or something. I like see you like, oh, hi. Yeah, yeah, that's usually just me out for donuts or uh, <laughs> coming back from the train. Yeah, we live very close. We go, we go to... Uh, um, one of my favorite stories is the time you and I went to see a movie. I forget which movie it was. It was Get Out. Oh, yeah. We were going a to see year ago. Get Out. And we're like, this would be great. And then this is like James Adomian. This is my, like, you, who you are to me. You're like, I got to get some food before we go in. The movie starts in 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. They have popcorn. You're like, no, I need like a full meal. <laughs> we went next door to Fred 62 and you had like a meatloaf dinner <laughs> in 10 minutes. Uh, that doesn't sound like me. It was probably the salmon. <laughs> okay. Well, still, it was a but, full uh, yeah. dinner. 
Yeah, you're like, no, I need a full meal right now. Yeah, I was like star, I was like sick and starving. <laughs> but that was a great movie. It was great. I think it would be cool if it won like Best Picture. Normally, I don't really care, but if that won, I'd be like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, my whole life, I've been used to like not the best movies being the Oscar nominees. Yeah, uh, so it's just either annoying or like, oh, I don't care about this. They obviously got the movies wrong, but there's some yeah. really good ones this time. Yeah, you know what movie I saw yesterday that I loved was Hell or High Water. Have you seen that? Yes, it's so good. It's great. Was it 2016 or 15? I think it was like 2016. It, it, either way, it's just like, oh, that's a movie. Great movie. It was just like a movie. Yeah, there was an ending. I'm glad I saw it. Yeah, there was robberies. Jeff Bridges, you had it all. Yeah. All right. Now why would you end up having to do that? <laughs> You're going to have yeah, to live with three that. Three bodies in the ground. What'd you get out of it? <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's get into the, this uh, um, show idea, which is uh, all of the bullshit jobs you had. Yeah, you don't have to pitch me on it. Yeah. I said yes. No, I know, but you know, we got, maybe we got some Adobian fans showing up. Just they for, don't right. They don't know what I've what I've gotten myself into. Yeah, well, I'm saying new listeners to the podcast uh, coming in. This is all the podcast is about is we're just going to talk about all James's shitty jobs that I'm sure you either quit or were fired from over the years. That happened. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Right. So where where are you from, and what's your first job? I'm from Los Angeles, and oh yeah, um, I remember we were in an audition one time, and your mom was in the car. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes even now. <laughs> You're like, I got to go. I got to go quick. My mom's in the car. Sometimes, you know, my mom works. So when she has days off, like I have like stuff I have to do. So I'm like, okay, mom, we're going to go to lunch. And then I got to go do the thing. And then we'll go do another thing. Yeah. That was really funny. We have like little uh, showbiz dates. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> like I'm a child actor. Uh, my mom's in the car, but, but I left it on, so she's not hot. I know. Um, oh, she's so sweet. Okay. she's She was great. She was just like waved. I remember literally she just waved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's my mom. Uh, okay, so you you grew up in L.A. This is a first. Yes. For anybody on the podcast. Well, yeah, I moved here when I was 10 from Atlanta. So my whole job history is here in Los Angeles. This is Except exciting. for the two years I lived in New York when there weren't that many jobs. No, no. You were probably in New York doing stand-up, right? Yeah, I was doing stand-up. Yeah. Yeah, you... Nick Turner is the first guest. You passed your apartment on to him. Yes. Which is a very illegal space, so they can't raise rent on it. It's still like a <laughs> thousand bucks a month, I think. Yeah, those were the good. That was the only thing that kept me in New York that long. I think it kept Nick that had, long too. I had no money, but it was like, well, this is. It's like it's like you have no money, but you've been given this thing. You, it's the best apartment in New York. You have a backyard. It's a hundred yards from the creek and the cave, which is the most fun place. And it, it's like a big fucking apartment for a thousand bucks a month. It must be out of the family now, like some. No, I, I think Nick turned it over to somebody else. Oh, okay. I think it stayed the, in the sacred. Yeah, the sacred layer, the sacred ground. Yeah. Um, okay, but go on. So you grew up here in Los Angeles. I grew up in Los Angeles. So my f- first, I mean, I had like little quasi jobs growing up in like junior high school and stuff, where I would like get hired to be a server at an event at church or something. Learned from early on, not a good server. <laughs> I spilled hot coffee all over an old man. <laughs> Well, how old are you? From the church. I'm probably <laughs> 13 or 14. And just, just like, I'd like a coffee. And yes. you're like, in and your I, face. Well, it was, you know, that you know, I didn't know how to loosen the oh, thing the right way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. All right. You know, old man. <laughs> 
One time I, at the Dallas airport, I used to I was mini like a little I, I don't know what, what they're called. They're tiny skateboards. And I used to be really annoying and I would because I was touring a lot and I would skate around airports when I was bored, like with layovers. And that I, sounds like that sounds like a comical exaggeration of Brooks Wheeler. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a lot even for me. Uh, and I remember I set it down and an old woman, literally Bart Simpson, stepped <gasps> on it and fell down. And I was like, <sighs> oh, my God, because I just like set it down and then to hop on it. And in that moment, she's a major on security it. risk at that point. <laughs> yeah. Either way, I apologized. I helped her up and I got the fuck out of there. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so you, you I mean, they were like, coffee they're like quasi jobs. I got a job doing data analysis in high Wait, school. Like, what happened to the old man you spilled the coffee on? You know, he brushed it off. Yeah. I said, hey, you didn't see nothing. Nothing happened, pal. You said as a child, <laughs> yeah. nothing fucking happened, man. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I was just quietly sort of uh, ushered away from <laughs> serving coffee ever again. Um, and then... Um, Maybe we don't give the little kids coffee. I did data analysis for a um, com- commodities trading company in what, high school. What part of LA are you growing in up in? the summer. At this point, I'm in Santa Monica. Okay. I grew up by the airport in Westchester, and then Santa Monica, and then Northridge, and then... As an adult, I live all over L.A. Yeah. Um, like Settled on Los Feliz, which is the best. It is the best. Actually, I always say it's the second best neighborhood in Los Angeles. The best one is Venice, but it's far away from everything else. I agree. Like I'm like, I'll go to Venice when I'm done. Venice is a great vacation. Yes. And when people have like their fuck you money, that's where they go. Yeah. And they're like, I never go further than Santa Monica. Yeah. No, I love Venice so much. I never go east of Lincoln. <laughs> I uh, was like seeing a girl who lived in Venice, impossible from this side of town. It yeah. was so far. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I'll pack a bag for two nights and yeah, come see you. Exactly. Yeah. I had dated a girl for a little bit who lived in Portland, Oregon. That was just as easy than dating a girl who lived in Venice, California. I it's bet. Just like, you're like, yeah, we're, it's like a lot of mini vacations. Yeah, there used to be a gay. There's unfortunately there's no gay bars on anywhere on the west side now. I think maybe there's one that came back in Venice or Santa Monica, but there's this longtime bar there, the Roosterfish, which is my favorite gay bar in L.A. And it, it could never, I could never get there. It was like always like if I found myself in Santa Monica at 6 p.m., I'd be like, oh, I'll go down to the Roosterfish. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, I I was just in Santa Monica with my girlfriend the other day. Different, it's a different planet than Los Feliz. Like, we had such a nice date. Like, we just went out to dinner and then we, like, walked on the ocean. It was a fucking, I was like, this is, we drove over here. Yeah. Felt like we flew. Uh, okay. So, you're living in Santa Monica in high school, data entry. Yeah. And then I did, yeah, I did uh, data research for a commodities trading company. Uh, and they liked me because I, that's the most boring. It, it was it's very the most boring. boring job I've ever heard. It gets described. even boringer because this was <laughs> it, this would have been like the early to mid ninety mid nineties. Yeah, I still had to go to the library and research shit on microfilm. What? Because, yes. What? Because they had the internet and stuff. But would you? I had to look up really early like um, uh, commodity prices and trends from the early nineteen hundreds. That shit was still on microfilm down at the library. Oh, my God. I've never boring. looked at anything on microfilm. Very boring. It's not like you're looking up an old, like, when I think of, so microfilm, you you did the, um, like, action right now. He means, like, you go down there and it's, like, like a projection, kind of, like a projection it's screen. A, it's, yeah, have you ever seen the movie Brazil? 
I haven't, but I'm Terry, just trying to. Terry I, Gilliam, Gilliam movie, Brazil. Um, it's, yeah. he, he predicted the internet uh, back in the 80s, but hilariously, it's like a microfilm based version of the internet okay. where there's, like, everything's being back projected. Okay, and, yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to explain so that listeners know what we're talking about. Uh, also, if you see the movie Batman 1989. Um, uh, what's his name? The reporter. Uh, okay, it's like where you Knox. Go, Alexander Knox goes to the newspaper and he's looking up old newspaper. Yeah, items. yeah. Okay, so what? Yeah, so or what Vicky I'm saying. Vale, maybe. In any any time you pictured this, it's somebody looking up an old murder, which is fun. You're going and you're looking up old corn commodity. prices. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you had to go to the library. That was boring. There was one summer I did well, that. How, yeah, how much are you making at that time? Like not much, minimum wage. Yeah, what's minimum um, wage in LA at this at, in the mid nineties? God, uh, it must have been maybe. I'm thinking seven or eight dollars an hour. Am well, I that's wrong? pretty high. No, or, I maybe mean, it was less. I, I forgot. I bet it was less because in Iowa, when I was like in the mid two thousands, it was five fifteen. Okay, maybe I did get paid like five fifty at one point. I can't remember. Yeah, um, it was a long time. Twenty. 25 years ago? Okay. Um, so then, uh, yeah, I used to do that. And that was when I, that was the job where I learned how to play Minesweeper. Yeah, I was like, you have to be fucking around at that job a yeah. little bit. There's a lot of, like, downtime that you are just bored. I really got good at Minesweeper, you guys. There was, uh, like, if <laughs> people celebrate gaming uh, nowadays, yeah. like, yeah, I was, like, a Minesweeper champion. <laughs> that is, it's the most boring. It's like King of Kong is the greatest documentary ever about the Donkey Kong yeah. guy. We've and got then, a possible Minesweeper screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there's the most boring one ever about a data entry <laughs> about commodities where it's just you in high school By playing Minesweeper. With no rival. <laughs> there's no rival in this story. Uh, so, so you worked there where you liked... I mean, this is important. Were you quiet? Were you liked? Yeah, Did you have thought, any friends? You know, I was. I was still. I was a funny kid. So they thought <laughs> there were. There were these guys who were like, <laughs> "This kid's funny." <laughs> yeah, that's all it takes at those boring jobs. Is literally if you're just if you like wear sunglasses inside or something. They're like, "That's weird and funny. I like that." You know? Yeah, I, yeah. I, not that I used I wore... to do impressions and stuff back then. Even oh, really? Of yeah. like your coworkers? Well, yeah, the bosses, Bill yeah. Clinton. Oh, let's hear Clinton. <laughs> oh God, it's been a long time. No, do it now, I man. Listen, uh, but I think that what we need to do, is... <laughs> dude, uh, say remember, some, say no, some. Bill, di- good Bill Clinton impression is just like an opening, uh, opening an old door. <laughs> uh, 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 Freedom. That is great. Okay, do Bill Clinton add your data entry level job at your uh, in data? What well, when you look back in the early 1900s, <laughs> some of these commodity prices, <laughs> and we start. And I look, I feel the pain <laughs> of your fingertips entering this data. See, okay, all right. So that's your first like job, job. Yeah, this was back. I mean, how'd yeah. you get it? Would you did you apply? Was it a family? I mean, hookup? That was another church hookup. Yeah, this first job's usually like a hookup. Yes, um, and then what? Then okay, so then uh, that's that's in the summer. You go back to school. I'm yeah, just, and then see. there were some years where I don't remember what the job was, or maybe I didn't have real jobs. Uh, always was trying to get into child acting, but <laughs> never got past the scam the scam level. Okay, because like people, people we'd get recommended. We'd hear something on the radio. Sometimes you know the. 
talent scouts see you at dinner with your family and they go, hey, you'd be good for... Uh... No fucking way. That's like, in my brain, I lived in Iowa. I was like, man, if I lived in LA, I'd just be walking in a mall and somebody would be like, well, you're the new Harry Potter. That happens, but then like, you, you never get past the scam. I don't know. I never knew. We'd always go to these things and it was like some kind of like cattle call yeah. where it was like, if you pay $500 oh, for God. these pictures, then... And we were always... Like, my family just was always like, if there was ever a price tag attached to anything, it was like, well, we're poor. We can't do that. Yeah. So, um, so that I never got into paid entertainment back sure. then. I was doing it on my own. Kind of like how we do it now, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it sure has yeah. come back to where Man, it started. this podcast is raking it in for me. Uh, yeah, maybe I should just, yeah. <laughs> was the church path better after all? <laughs> I don't yeah, I'm, I was. Uh, I saw some guy I was at the beach with my girlfriend the other day, and he was. He had the. Um, he had the metal detector out, and he was going down the beach and whatever. And like, uh, my girlfriend was like, "Look at that guy!" And I'm like, "Don't point." I'm like one failure away from that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like one more pilot. Yeah, and, and I'm just like, gonna be like, I'm gonna go find gold at the beach. Well, whoever, what the? Well, you're never gonna find more than a necklace at the beach. <laughs> Where's no buried treasure here? That's all the Caribbean, I think. Yeah, no, that's it where is. the pirates were. Dumbasses. You know, you know who originated the buried treasure is uh, Francis Drake. Right. In the, he did it in South America. They took over. So some, he didn't have to take it around with him as a big target. Well, yeah. They, well, he took over. He like jumped on a Spanish caravel or whatever. And there was way more gold than they, they killed all these Spanish people. Bury and, it. Yeah, literally. And they were like, we got We can't get rid of this before more Spanish people show up. Fucking bury it. Yeah. And that was like that. Also, uh, Captain Hook is named after James Cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either way, I went down some uh, nautical history the other day. <laughs> Let's get back to what the podcast is about. <laughs> Uh, did James Cook uh, have a standoff with some uh, flying 12-year-old boy? No. What happened was... I, I it was had, much darker than that, as I understand. Yeah. I watched the movie Hook to do this other podcast called Popcorn, mm-hmm. where we dissect uh, movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I got I guarantee when they were making Hook, they are like, I hope nobody deep dives this, because none of it adds up. Yeah. Because Robin Williams, is, if you watch Hook, he's about 120. If you go by like when he's born, he's supposed to be 120 years old. Yeah, yeah. this is very weird. Yeah, this was this was the 90s. Yeah, was that Spielberg? Spielberg. I feel like the movie was just fueled on like pizzazz. Yeah, like just buy it. Don't question anything. Yeah. Think of it as a dream. No, that exactly. I'm like anytime anybody had a question, he just goes, "Are you having fun?" <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Are you having fun though? Uh, okay, so um, also it was tough to watch Hook within my brain being like the same guy who made Saving Private Ryan made this. Like I was just so mad at it. Uh, um, okay. yeah. Well, so, you get you get to do your light projects. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but you're bo- you're bopping around. You think you're gonna be who, who's who's like the child actor? They're like, I could do that. Oh God, that, that, it's I've like buried, I've buried this level of jealousy because it was so far ago, long ago. Was it like I have the, newer jealousy. The that two Corys or something? Uh, no, who's my who's famous at the like time? J- Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That's my younger brothers. Um, I don't even remember. You know what? I forgive them. Brad from Home Improvement. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know who the child actors were when I was a kid. I don't know either, man. Uh, you know who the the little boy from Hook? 
He's in Can't Hardly Wait. He yeah, quit. those guys. Like, Rufio was my oh, age, kind wow. of. But Ruf- I was I liked him. I thought he was hot. He I was mean, when cool. I was a kid. When I was a kid. When I was a kid. I also thought he was hot. Yeah, no. Yeah. Also, Rufio might be 18 in that movie. He's pretty, he looks old. Yeah. He looks like Christian Hosoi, the skater. Do you yeah. know that guy? Probably, yeah. He's rad. Okay, I'll go for it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also a hunk. A hunk. I like hunks. Yeah, I'm into hunks. I'm I've into, always been into hunks. I'm into hunks and babes. <laughs> Hunks and babes. Yeah, I call people, I call girls babes, and they're like, "Can't do that." I'm like, "But I call hot guys hunks. It's fine. I got H- both." Of them. Uh, hunk is like the funniest word. I'm bringing hunks back. Let's bring yeah. hunks back. Yeah, I, man, I, that guy is a all hunk. I've ever wanted. All I've ever wanted was a hunk on my arm, <laughs> or I want a hunk's arm to be on. Sure. Oh, you want to be a, you? I want to be the gun mall. <laughs> yeah, what he said. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that. Um, all right, so you want to be a child actor? You're... Yeah, that, 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 that doesn't pan out. That, that, those doors are closed. There's just like there's like false openings that just lead to more mazes and, and scams. Yeah. Um. So so I guess uh, there were years when I didn't have money or a job, and then I think the last job that I remember. Was when I was sixteen. I worked at a Quiznos. Um, Whoa! This is early Quiznos. Early Quiznos. This is when Quiznos is basically like Jersey Mike's is now, where it's hip, it's cool. And this they're, is probably the summer as well. They're toasting subs. That's new. They toast, and they, they were better back then. Oh, dude! Everything at Subway used to not be cardboard. I think it was the first Quiznos in L.A., and okay. it was maybe on Sawtell in West L.A. And um, 16-year-old, fresh, skinny, had a Quiznos uniform you're that was, like, ju- loose on me. You're jacked. You're not sad yet. Yeah. And uh, I, I think we had summer football practices and stuff. But in between that, you know. There was oh, yeah. Like, you were really good at football, right? Yeah, I was. Um, okay. We can um, get into that later. But okay. So I was um, working at Quiznos, and I only lasted a week. Oh, my God. Um, One week at Quiznos? Yes. What happened? Well, here's the thing. Did you not refill the it, honey it, well, mustard? I'll tell you what didn't get me fired because nobody noticed and they were if they did, they were fine with it. I was I was so poor and hungry that I actually ate bread. Like a like I stole bread and ate it after I was like, done working. Like, there. like Oliver from Oliver Twist? Yes, like a like a like a eighteen hundreds guy. <laughs> But they, I don't think they noticed because I was good about that. Um, you were there a week. Um, I was there a week. What did get me fired was <laughs> you the boss to... brought me in and sat me down where he was like, um, James. Oh, my God. This is one um, week. You know, you make the sandwiches correctly, <laughs> but you're pretty panicky in front of the customers. <laughs> and so... You end up making them the right way, but the process by which you get there is a little bit too panicky. So I'm going to take you off the schedule. Yeah. Oh my and gosh. I, I'm been I've been angry about that ever since because I'm like, oh, did you want a suave, smoother, wrong guy? Right. Who's like getting him a little bit wrong, but like, hey, here's your sandwich. Yeah. No. But I, I was like, um, oh, wait, hold on. Uh, he's like, mm, actually, uh, and then like getting it the right thing, but then, the, but then like the. That, cus- that, but the customers would be, have panic attacks when they left. They'd be like, "I feel bad for that kid." <laughs> right, and 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 so that lasted. I was fired from Quiznos after That's a week. Insane that he wouldn't let you like kind of figure grow it out. as a person, <laughs> earn my confidence. <laughs> Legitimately, rather than just come in with it falsely. Yeah, that's like a bit I have where I'm like my uh, man. Uh, like I um I think I do good at auditions, and then uh, my agent will be like, "Oh, uh, they said you shook and apologized," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, but if I got the job, I wouldn't." Like, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, sorry. Like, uh, like you shook 
trembling? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was nervous. Apparently, panicky. So that's a window in what I, what I was like. <laughs> outside point of view. Yeah. But, oh, uh, your perfect sandwich, sir. Oops. Oh no, it's perfect. <laughs> that sucks. So let's go take that one down. Yeah. I doubt it's still there. Um, I don't know. The development moves so fast, and you know who knows? It could be a Jersey Mike's now. Or... That's true. And then what's you know? You know what I want in this neighborhood that we don't have? Fucking Jimmy John's. Uh, that, we don't. Well, that, there's one in Hollywood, right? Yeah, but Jimmy John's. I want. I want to be able to ride my bike there. You can ride your bike to Hollywood. Mm, yeah, I could. <laughs> as far as I'll ride my bike for a sandwich is Jersey Mike's, right? right because now. that's the other thing is that. How can I? I know I can ride my bike there, but I would get hungry on the way and angry. Yeah, and I used to live above a Jimmy John's in Iowa City, uh, so that's why it's like comforting to me. It's like, oh, it's what hangover. When you're hungover, you eat Jimmy John's. You go down to the corner, Jimmy John's. You go downstairs to Jimmy John's. One time, I just opened up my window and I, like I was like, yeah, to some kid going into Jimmy John's. Like, you go to Jimmy John's. He's like, yeah. I go. Give me a number four. And I threw $10 down. Just like out of my... Out like of, Scrooge? I was on the third Like Ebenezer floor. Scrooge. <laughs> you boy! Yeah, exactly. Goes, I'll have a Jimmy John's for Christmas. Yeah, and he was like, uh, what? I go, keep keep the change. Just throw the sandwich back up the window. And he did it. And I, it I, I talked about it for about three years. <laughs> <laughs> that was an early peak. Yeah. No, it was the peak. Uh, <laughs> so you get fired. Yeah, and then there's a couple of years I can't remember in high school where maybe I was just mostly into high school. Uh, playing football. Yeah, I played football. What did you play in football? I was the center. The center? I think one year I was the offensive guard. Okay. I was a, I was a very skinny lineman. Yeah. So I was... And that's not... In high school, you have people playing that because I'm always up against... I was always up against heavier guys because that's usually what you have on the line. And I was the kind of lineman where I was not fast enough to be a receiver or like a linebacker or something, but I was quicker than the fattest guys. So, and I was pretty strong and I can, I, I have a high threshold for pain, I guess, in um, being pushed around and stuff. So my whole thing was like, was like beating a big, much bigger guy in quickness. Yeah. Um, I get that. And that was my strength and I was pretty good. Well, okay, cool. So... So, yeah, you're like high- little, and I get to work in some little uh, brags about my. Uh, yeah, well, I wasn't. It wasn't as funny as I was. CIF Division Eight foot. No, wait, Division Eleven football. I have no idea. And also, I remember just like watching um, Saved by the Bell, where Slater would wrestle for city champ. And like, I grew up in this town, Manchester, where there's like five thousand people. I'm like. City champ. I'm the city champ. Like, hey, yeah, city champ. I didn't realize like that meant he was the champion of like, like. 14 million people. What, would it, it have been Miami? No, Saved by the Bell is Los Angeles. Oh, it's in LA. It's Bayside. Oh, that's impossible. He yeah. can't be city champ. Are you kidding? That, but And also, this, like, the city championships would happen in the Bayside gym on, on like, tumbling mats. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, there was a whole, there was a whole uh, episode where A.C. Slater wanted to go to Iowa. Uh, and his dad wanted him to go to military school, and that was very exciting as a kid from Iowa. You're like, maybe he's coming here in my real life. No, there was shirts in college that said AC Slater wanted to go to, like, wanted to come here, and it was just him as a Hawkeye wrestler. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a lot. Oh. <laughs> okay, so back to you. You're you're oh, playing my- football. Then what happens after high school? Okay, so there's um. And are you liking comedy at this time? Like, are you into comedy? Oh, nothing but. Okay, I. 
I was the one going and renting. I rent like obviously I was introduced to comedy by other people Mm -hmm. at the age of three or four or five, right? You know, through the Muppets or Clue or uh, various cartoons that I loved back then. Um. But then, you know, by the time I'm in junior high school, I'm the one that's going through and going like, okay, I need to watch all of the Mel Brooks movies. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, going in and finding all the Mel Brooks movies and bringing, bringing back from Blockbuster Video. And, like, even... Like, I got into stuff that even my parents hadn't seen. And they oh, had really? seen a lot of comedy. They were... They liked comedy. Yeah. Um, but then I was the one going and getting... And I was finding... I, I mean, I found Murder by Death, I think, when I was, like, 15. And my dad was like, oh, yeah, I saw that. And I... That's I, also a good band. Murder by Death is oh, really? a band I like. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was obsessed with um, comedy um, uh, movies and TV shows and... Stand-up at all? Not much stand-up. I remember we would watch stand-up when it was on. Okay. And there's still jokes I remember from the old days. I remember remember my brother and I laughing a lot about a Kevin Pollack joke when we were probably... Uh, I was probably twelve, and he would have been what, like eleven. What was it? It was a Kevin Pollock, Kevin Pollock special. I don't. I'm, I'm assuming it's HBO, but it could have been someone else. Yeah. And we watched it in a hotel room because <laughs> we didn't have a HBO, but we watched it in a hotel room, and he had this joke where he was like, "Wouldn't it be great if you were stupid? Wouldn't it be easy if you were stupid?" Somebody goes, "Hey, what are you stupid?" Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a great joke. <laughs> we we laughed we laughed about that. So just a guy that would be like, "What are you stupid?" Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Stupid. I remember wanting to be stupid when I like in rest. I grew up wrestling and like I would get in my own head so bad, like about like so nervous, like this match means everything. And then I had like other kids on the team that were just kind of dumb. And I'm like, God, that'd be great. They're not worried at all about losing. I'm so nervous. Yeah. 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 Uh, either and way. Then, and then, you know, yeah, sometimes you could just coast on through. Yeah, exactly. Either way, I am, you know, I'm, I'm stupid in different ways for sure. I've lived these years a dumb man. <laughs> I want to hear more people like that. Yeah. <laughs> I lived these long years a dumb man. Yeah. I've learned a lesson or two. Not more than that. <laughs> I like that. I got into stand-up. I was uh, I'm younger than you by a little bit when the the um, Conversation Presents were coming out and they were just fucking 24-7 on Comedy Central. Yeah. So that's when I got into stand-up and I wasn't really as into comedy movies except for like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Um, yes, I remember that. I, I loved, I loved Chris Farley. Um, and I loved Kids in the Hall. Yeah. Okay. And Scott Tom. Oh, I loved Conan. Conan, because I didn't have cable. So Conan was like my conduit to, um, everything in the culture yeah. that I wasn't able to see directly. Conan was the, Conan is, but was when it was late night, like in the early nineties, me early and Early Conan. Early Conan was the funniest fucking shit. Yes. Me and my middle brother would just watch it and die. Yes. And Andy Richter was even better. <laughs> And yeah. I would say, uh, I would even say, I would specifically say that when the critics hated him was when I, I as a junior high school kid, thought it was the absolute best. Yeah, no, because he was- all the reasons that the critics hated Conan in those days was to me, it was like I would read the TV guide and and like the newspaper panning him and stuff, and I'd be like, no, 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 that's why he's good. That's why it's amazing. Yeah, because it looks like it shouldn't be on TV. That yeah, it was the best. I laughed so hard. I remember, and also he's the best right now because he's putting more stand-ups on than fucking all the other late night shows combined. That's true. He hasn't. He has like a guest a week. JP, um, is it JP? JP Buck? Yeah. Yeah. He's the Booker. He's rad as fuck, and they just. So, like, I don't... He's given almost every one of my friends their first TV credit. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy. Good dude. Yeah. Conan fucking rules. And, and like, I love what he's doing with for stand-up. I owe him a call. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my that's my that's my passion and my love. Right. I didn't so you know, know how to get paid for it at the time. Right. But you know you want to be in comedy. Yeah. Yeah. My dad's trying to get me to be a lawyer because he cause Ooh, I, so I like to argue with him. <laughs> So he thought I should he be a likes lawyer. He to argue. This is a lawyer, right? Uh, yeah, he was like, you're smart and you argue and you get good grades. You should be a lawyer. And I just, that was never a serious possibility. So did you go to college, though? Yes, I did. Where'd you um, go? Well, uh, I went to Whittier College here in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played football one year, but I never got on the field. So that was all I did there. And then I got, I was like pretty big in the theater department. So and, you're going to school for theater? Yes. And so I'm like, that's me. That's me. Hardcore theater dork period. Yeah. Uh, that's me doing all the plays like two serious, plays a year. Serious acting. Yes. Yes. I did Shakespeare. Um, I did, I tended to do the comedy plays because I liked it way more. Right. But I did play. I did play very serious roles from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess during that time I also thought like oh I'm going to be an actor I didn't know it would specifically be a comedian yeah no I know what you mean I, um, when you get that you're like it, you think you're going to be an actor and then you, like a few years later you're like no 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 I'm, I'm a comedian yeah the, the summer between high school and college was I was working out more than I ever have since then because I was trying to be a college athlete. Yeah. So I was working out every day and I was like built I was like lifting and I was like skinny built you know yeah Wiry. Wiry, yeah. Clean and jerk. Uh, God, my knees weren't ruined back then. Yeah. (laughs) I used to be so healthy. And um, I had a job that my dad, because my dad has a crazy, like, would always, my dad was like a, Tele, telemarketer in, for many years, okay. among other things. Yeah, but he had connections in that world. Okay, well, I've had a lot of telemarketers. A lot of guests have been telemarketers. Yes. Yeah, so this. when I was eighteen, between co- high school and college, that was my summer of telemarketing. What were you telemarketing? Um, security systems. Security systems. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do a role play. Let's do it. Um, oh God, it yep. was like no. Just get into it. You're an improviser, James. Okay, so you're an old lady. I'm an old lady. All right, here we go. Okay. You're calling me. Is it cold calls? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Hello. Uh, hi, this is James. I'm calling from, what was it? I'm calling from eSecurity. Um, we uh, noticed that you're in a neighborhood uh, that could benefit from uh, uh, security systems. If you're interested, we could set up an interview. Uh, and we have a such and such guarantee and blah, blah, blah. Oh, um, I didn't. I think my house is fine. Oh, uh-huh. so yeah, it probably is fine. It's probably good if you just have some kind of buddy come and check. <laughs> okay, we got it. So, um, <laughs> that was We're my... We're exp- coming, lady. That was my exposure to a, um, like a coffee is for closers type uh, a telemarketing salesman room. What do you mean, coffee is for closers? Like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I know, I haven't seen it. You've never seen this. it? Okay, or uh, there's a whole world of like telemarketing movies. Okay. Where it's like, and there, some of them are derivative of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. How, how could I not, not be able to say this? Glenn Gary, Glenn Gary, Actually, Glenn that is Ross. tough. Uh, listeners, try it right now. Glenn Gary, Glenn, Glenn I can't do it. <laughs> do it. Listeners. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, I did it. Okay, so yeah, it's like the, it's like this David Mamet uh, movie. I guess maybe it was a play or maybe it was just a movie. But it was uh, it was these like macho call center guys throwing their dicks around. Like coffee is for closers, that kind of thing. What That's, does that mean? Uh, it means you can't drink coffee unless you make sales. It's a stupid. Oh, okay. It's just macho. These awful guys like 
verbally bullying each other in, in like a sales room to show how tough they are. I get sales. Did you have and, any? And the thing is, this is the late '90s, so the real sales rooms started imitating the movies because they thought it was so cool. And so you'd have these. You really every archetype from the, that movie and all the other derivative ones like it. You had the archetypes. You had the macho guy who's running the thing like, if you're not selling, you're getting fired. <laughs> Walking through the room as we're doing calls like, I better see sales. I better see callbacks. I want to see sell-throughs. And then you have guys who are like, you know, like a 55-year-old desperate guy <laughs> who's got like a really shitty sports car that was the one thing he had. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm five minutes late. You know, I, if you're late again tomorrow, I'm going to have to fire you. He's like, but my wife, she's taking the kids. Yeah. And it was a job where I, I was, there was like ex-cons. There was like men and women who yeah. been been in prison Luke, for a few years. Yeah, Lucas and, Brothers were on the last episode, same situation. It a was lot the of kind of job you could get. Yeah, it's the kind of job you could get. Yeah. And I remember, I remember this one girl was so funny after like we took a break or something and she took, she was, and she was, she was like, man, selling these security systems. I almost want to tell these people like, yeah, I could break into your house. You want this thing to protect, <laughs> protect yourself from me. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, if you haven't listened to Lucas Brothers' episode, go back and listen to it. They talk about their job they worked at. Um, everyone get fired for anything. They said a woman came in one time, showed everyone she had a gun, and did not get fired. Oh, <laughs> they wow. were like, okay. She's like, I'm packing. And they're like, wow. all right, you get to stay working here. Yeah, and I was also exposed at that job to uh, there were like there were like there was like the best salesman was this quiet, probably forty five year old black man with glasses, and he had a well leather jacket, and he was real quiet, but he had like a great voice. Oh yeah, like you're, like a guy you want to be friends with just because you like feel cool yeah. around. And him. he liked me because I was he I was going off to play college football. Yeah, and he, it, he was he was like I remember the last time I saw him, he was like, "Good luck, young man," and I no, do it <laughs> probably in, let him down. Do it in his good. I don't remember. It's, um, I'm, like, these are shady memories. Good luck, young man. Yeah, something like that. He's just like uh, there was also a guy who was like a like a like a struggling director. <laughs> oh who, man, who, he was like, I like you. You're funny, and he was like, he was like, you do blow, you do you, you, you do speed, and I was like, <laughs> I, tr- I I thought I had to look cool, so I was like, yeah, but not right now. <laughs> and, yeah, and he was like, he was like, yeah, man, you're gonna get into showbiz, man. It's crazy out there. Let me tell you, I take jobs like this sometimes on the side, you know. <laughs> It's like they can just get through in between movies, you know? Oh, man. Everybody's first, like, a lot, not everybody's, but uh, like mine and other people's first drug experience is usually from a weirdo at one of their early jobs. Like, the first time I smoked weed, I was disc golfing with a delivery dude from Papa John's, and he was like, You want, you smoke weed, right? I'm like, Fuck yeah, smoke weed. And then he's like, Here it is. I'm like, Oh, oh, um, yeah, here we, here we go. And it was a one hitter, and I smoked it for like, Five minutes, and he's like, "Is that like a never-ending one-hitter?" And I'm like, ha, 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 "I don't know what's happening." Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, but it, I'm just saying, like, the, <laughs> entry like entry level jobs are also entry level to dudes who do drugs. Yes, you meet people who are like more comfortable in the world of drugs than you are, yeah. and that's also about the time that I'm learning to drink and do drugs too. So. Exactly. Well, matched up great. Yeah, matched up great. So you, it was like lifting, <laughs> drinking, drugs. You know, one of those three gave way pretty quickly. <laughs> Um and then uh the drinking, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I care about myself. Um and so then yeah, I was in college. In college, I just had college jobs. I worked on the college newspaper. Whoa, doing what? Uh I was the editor of the A and E section one year. That's fucking rad. Another year I was the head of 
delivering the newspapers around campus. Well, that's not as fun. Well, that was real fun because I got a golf cart. Oh, whoa. Yeah, and I had a friend who... And this is a job that pays nothing. It pays like... (laughs) Well, no. At the time, it was a lot. It paid. I guess this was my senior year, and it paid like two hundred dollars a week, maybe. That's enough to live or on. No, no. It was, I was that plus something else that equaled two hundred dollars like, a that's week. That's like beer. That's beer for the week. Yeah, well, yeah. I had like two jobs that totaled two hundred dollars a week. Yeah, which is like you can drink beer this week. Yes, yeah. yes. It was worth that's all it. it. Was but we would ride around the golf cart and like just like drop off the newspapers, and that was like. And I didn't. Ah, uh, by the senior year, I didn't care about. I ended up failing out of college. I didn't. I mean. I didn't pass. I still owe them nine credits. <laughs> At that point, I didn't care about doing any of the work. Yeah, you're I like- was I was passionate about the plays I was in and my independent comedy shows I was doing on campus. Okay. And um, my play that I wrote for my senior thesis, oh. which I put my whole life and effort into, but ended up failing anyway because I didn't do any other classwork. <laughs> yeah. I had too much extracurricular shit going on, including... Tooling around every, I forget if it was Monday or Thursday, but just tooling around in the golf cart, wasting a whole afternoon. Just get, dropping off the Just newspaper. talking to my friend, <laughs> saying hi to people, Yo, dropping off newspapers. Lots of just drive-bys, like, there goes a domian, sup? Like, a lot of finger points. Yeah, while, sure. While you're in the golf sure. cart. Sure. Also, you know, um, yeah, all, all kinds of reactions. Yeah. There's that newspaper idiot. I used to have, um, I drove like an old shitty Firebird that was a T-top. Uh, so in the summer in Iowa City, I thought it was so cool mm-hmm. uh, until I wrecked it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wrecked it driving to an open mic, and all I could think of was, oh, I'm going to miss the open mic. Like, that's how deep into comedy I was. I didn't mm-hmm. think about my blown up car. Uh, but I thought it was real cool to show up to pick my friends up from class and not open the door and make them jump in the car. Mm. It was, I was white trash as fuck. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> see it in one TV show, and that's the way it's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so you're driving around, you're dropping off the newspapers. Yeah, that was just. But you don't. That's just fun. That's fine. And you're deep, deep, deep into comedy at this point. Yeah, you know you're going to do it for your job. That's my life. Yeah, and in fact, at that point, I had become friends with like the older college theater people who'd graduated a couple years before, uh-huh. who would come back into town and like party with me, and like I was the one they liked in Whittier. Oh yeah, down uptown Whittier, baby. Jesus. And they'd be like, they'd be like, oh man, we got a theater gig in Chicago for three months. Came back, yeah, we're like, <laughs> let's tell you all about it. And it yeah. was like, it was like cool. And I knew at this point I was gonna. That's all I was gonna do. Right. Um, I did not realize how awful and struggling it would be. <laughs> I skipped over something though too because. After my freshman year in college, uh, when I was 19, that summer, I, I worked at Barnes & Noble in Santa Monica. Whoa! I, and, and that was also when I was learning how to smoke cigarettes and pipe tobacco. Oh, my God. Uh, so that was a big... That, between 18 and 19, there was a big shift where suddenly there's tobacco in my life. Yeah, and also... When you're when you're young and you're applying for jobs at Barnes and Noble, in your brain you're like, I'm just gonna read books all day, and that's not what it is. No, it's um, <laughs> shuff, It's like sorting books. It's answering people's phone calls. Like, do you have? And I worked a lot in the CD music department, um, but oh, also yeah. in the, you have to be able to do both. <laughs> We need someone who can do both. Yeah, here. because you know, somebody doesn't show up. You've got to do, cover the book floor on the third floor or whatever. Yeah. And and I guess I did a lot of reading that summer. Uh, and I know that Barnes and Noble very well. Which Barnes and Noble is it? <laughs> the one in Santa Monica at the Promenade. Oh wow, that's uh, a big one. That's a big one. Yeah, and I think they're still there. Borders went out of business, but that Barnes and Noble Barnes and Noble still still rocking still somehow. Kicking. I don't know how. Well, 
Yeah, I don't want to take all the credit, but <laughs> go I ahead. Cer- I certainly did. Uh, I, I, I didn't unhelp them. Did you? You never stole any books from them? No, never stole any books from them. Uh, Borrowed I think I, I, think and I read? bought them at a discount. Yeah, for sure. Get a discount for your friends. Um, I didn't do that. I guess. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No, everybody was like. Oh, okay, because in the summer, in between college, like nobody wants to, nobody's in town. Nobody wants to come to Santa Monica if right. they are in town. Yeah, I understand. Uh, oh, well, that's so. Did you make any friends there? Is it bo- yeah? Your boss I had cool? like I had like sh- temporary friends. I don't know what to call them, but yeah. I, I don't know them anymore. No, there's a big difference between work friends and friends friends. You know, it's like I've had some. Re- I've had really close relationships with like my friends at at my biomedical engineering jobs. And I have the second I got fired or quit, never talked to him again. I'm like, man, we ate lunch at, together every day yeah. for two years. Yeah, and I like I feel guilty about it, but then I'm like, I didn't ask to be thrown in this river of life. <laughs> right, exactly. So I'm sorry, the water moves fast. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, it's like well, life is like a lazy river, and like you're one minute you're holding on to somebody else's tube, yeah, and then the other like, oh, they've gone on further, and yeah. you're stuck back here. Being sucked into the drainage uh, tube. <laughs> yeah, you're having your intestines pulled out through your asshole because you sat on <laughs> top of a drain. Happen? No, I can't believe it happened. <laughs> but but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, that that we were always afraid of it. <laughs> Don't put your butt too close. Do to not that. put your butt on the thing. <laughs> just because you got a butt, just because you got something sucking against it, doesn't mean you should put them together. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So you work at that Barnes and Noble. You have a good time. This is probably when is this? Our, our fucking nineteen ninety nine. So this is pre. No, is this Napster's going down right now? Oh, this is a full swing of Napster. So you. This you, is when I listened to so much music. I had and well, I forget which years I had a computer and which I didn't well, because I mean, it was it was like touch and go back. Then. Right. I just remember. I mean, I didn't know if you were there to see like, oh, people have stopped buying music. Not yet. Not yet. Um, yeah, CDs are still king. Yeah. Um, Napster was for college kids. Oh uh, man, I, I got. I did this show one time with Mark Hoppus from Blink One Eight Two, who I should have on the podcast, and he was Blink One Eight Two, like fully huge. Then Napster happened. Like he's like, I watched the record industry just tank. Like he was, like you know, in one of the biggest bands in the world when it happened. So he's like, it was insane. Um, that's rough. Yeah, well, no, I mean, he's, he's like, he wasn't complaining, but I was like, what was that like? He's like, it was crazy. It was like literally, you know, selling this many records to like, everybody just takes them. Wow. Yeah. So I didn't know if, you, if that was going down at Barnes and Noble yet, but not um, yet. Um, yeah, I guess eventually that hurt the business model. For sure. But, uh, I was only there one summer. Okay. Um, yeah, that was a good job. I shouldn't, I should have stuck with it. <laughs> and that was a cold you call. That a, was a resume under the door situation. You could literally be assistant manager there by, by now. now. By now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you I could played have met Mr. Right? Barnes or Noble. <laughs> I've told the story before. But, That's an Easter egg. Yeah. But, uh, uh, um, Papa John came into the Papa John's I worked at when I wasn't working one day and it crushed me that I missed it. Papa John? Yeah. He like, Is he like Papa Smurf? He's just a guy. He's, you know, he's a crazy right wing right wing guy that they've taken out of the commercials because they're like, his face looks like pizza now. <laughs> and he screams at Let me NFL tell you players. something about free market economics. Stand for the flag or my pizza sales is hurting. Like, oh. that's what he like basically said. But yeah, he showed up for real and it devastated me that I missed it. I was like, fuck. A celebrity was in town. Yeah, Barnes and Noble was a good job, and I should have kept it because then there were some then there were some, some times where I just didn't have jobs, and I was like, "Why did I?" Or I guess they were. Like I guess it was, I never. I didn't realize how hard it would be to get a job back after quitting for the school year. 
Okay, I that, get that. They never, they, they never filled me in on that part. I in hindsight, that. I think I should have not gone to college. <laughs> I'm serious about this. And if I if I was ever in a position where I got to give advice to some teenager, which I'm not, but like <laughs> seriously consider maybe don't go to college. Like it's a lot of money, and what do you get out of it? I see. I am. The, you can educate yourself. I'm the opposite. Where I, uh, but I got a very functionable degree as in biomedical engineering. Sure. Yes, you so did. So I got, and then I worked in it as an engineer for four years. So I paid off my college, uh, and it it afforded me the opportunity to move to Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. Okay. I get that. That's I already what, lived in LA, though. Right. I guess. No, that's what I'm saying with you. So I'm I'm just saying like if you do go to college, get a degree in engineering because like it's a Something you can make money in. If you want to be an actor, go be a fucking actor. Yeah. But also my advice to anybody who wants to do stand-up comedy is get to L.A. or New York. Just come. Just get out here. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Just get here as soon as possible. Yeah, you're toiling around too long, like, in other places. Like, get to L.A. or New York. Like, if you have an opportunity, take it. I think, uh, yeah. I think um, the thing that helped me best in my real career is... uh, I mean, through... Through reading, through through reading books that were not insi- assigned in college, mm-hmm. uh, like better books uh, that I would discover or people would recommend, and through you know listening to people who are wise and weeding out bad advice, I sort of realized that like yeah, my life is and and also just from my internal voice of confidence that slowly showed up was I'm good at this and. Um, uh, there's a it's a pirate life. I'm gonna have to live a pirate life. There's no way around it. Yeah, no, for sure. It the rug can be pulled out from you so quick. Yes, but the, you, you, if you you know you know if you survive at showbiz for a while, you got thick skin. Yeah, and no. you can live on nothing for a long time. You know what I did today? I watched for the first time um, since I left. Since I was fired off SNL, I watched a few sketches from the show because Will Ferrell hosted, and I enjoyed them. And it was like, I was like, wow, this is, I could never thought I'd be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I thought I was always going to be mad. I was like, no, no I enjoyed these. These are really funny. Um, so that was nice. It was just like a good, this morning I was like, I feel good about I myself. only watch SNL sketches to see if they've stolen something from me. <laughs> <laughs> I, it is it is bizarre. It's just, it's, it's just insane to watch. But uh, I, today was the first day I watched it. I was like, I want to see what he's doing. Uh, yeah, I met him briefly once. He's a good guy. Well, he seems... He's a growling. And also, I guess, uh, when oh, I was yeah. 19, I started doing groundlings classes. That's important to get to. Okay, so we gotta, we're, we're coming up on the end, so we got to rifle through these jobs because okay. you've had... rapid uh, fire. Um, so Rap, groundlings doesn't count as a job. It was a, a no. money suck. No, no, that's like... It was pouring money into something that ultimately, arguably, paid off uh, <laughs> indirectly. Yeah, who knows? It's like, I like UCB, like when they built the new UCB, I go, it's cool to see where all our parents' money went. Yeah, <laughs> that thing is yeah. A there's a movement. School. There's a movement brewing. It's too slow to try to get comedy to pay the performers what it should. Um, really, you don't get paid until you're a feature as a stand-up. And right. I don't even. I still don't know how improvisers get paid. I, I, I've never heard of commercials any evidence of an improviser ever being paid. Ever. I think it's just commercials. Uh, I used to do improv, and I. I mean, as far as I could tell, no one makes money at it. No. Yeah. I. My friends, yeah, the, the, the scam is oh you'll get a commercial someday. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I 
I, for, for, like, but what I like about UCB and Groundlings, that I never took any Groundlings classes, you make great friends there. And you yes, meet you funny people. I met Josh Fadum at the Groundlings, and he's one of them. And Drew Drogi, and they're two of my oldest friends. Exactly. So that's what I'm, as much as I shit on them, I met some really funny people there yeah. that I like a lot. Yeah, definitely. So they're good places. All right. So um, you were at Barnes & Noble. You leave. Then you're the fucking coolest guy on campus. You're rocking around on a goddamn golf cart. So finger pointing. Finger pointing. Let me take it down a notch for you, because also... During those years in college, there was also like a distinct strain of like depressed philosophy student. <laughs> so imagine, imagine a t- depressed philosophy student uh, who's also in theater, who's driving around in a golf cart, like complaining about things you're and the, smoking cigarettes. You're the guy version of Lady Bird. <laughs> uh, oh my god, I've never been cut to the quick so much. Oh, Gady Bird. True. Boom. Perfect. Nailed it. Drew nailed it. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so you're, you're rocking. By the way, did you see Lady Bird? Uh, no. You haven't? No, I haven't seen it. Ah, it's fun. I, 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 it's, it's the next. I'm going to see it tonight probably. It's, it's the next one to watch. It's fun. Um, yeah, it's fun. But I, was, I, I saw the preview and I'm excited. Well, my only beef is they're like, what an indie darling. And then I looked it up. They had a $10 million budget and it only happens in Sacramento. I'm like... That's a pretty good budget. That's not an indie film. Well, they don't make any films. I mean, an indie film is a miracle now. Three or four million dollars is considered nothing. It's like bare bones. Oh, yeah. Okay. Either way, I'm like three or four million dollars nowadays, and your movie can't function as a movie. And there's like <laughs> gaps where there's like nothing happening. I, I'm in like a, a movie that was like 1.5, like was the total budget. And yeah, you're right. You inflation. They should factor the budget prices of movies into inflation and the ticket prices too. <laughs> Not just milk and eggs. This uh, is my commodities research coming yeah, back there so you long. Go. Okay. Um, all right. So, so then after college. So after your ladybird phase. Yes. Uh, crazy jobs included um god uh, oh desperate desperate this is the this is the um post 9-11 economic crash are you in la are tried LA? to get a job at la weekly and the city beat and all the other independent newspapers the, the 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 best i got was one of the writers at la weekly was jill stewart i think she might still be around was wrote back to me and was like you're a great writer I can't pay you anything, but you can write for me. And it was like, ah! oh man! So there, that was my, that was my journalism career ended there when <laughs> I, I realized it didn't pay. You know, I had a short journalism career for the Daily Iowan. I wrote the the like top ten list on the the column on the end of the newspaper each week. Yeah, um, and then uh, it was a big hit freshman year, and that's actually what led to me doing stand up. I was just go on stage and read these jokes I'd written. The next year, I demanded $20 a list, and they said no. And I said, well, then I ain't writing for $20? Yeah. Nothing. I just wanted something. Oh, my God. And everyone who knows, oh, everyone who owns a newspaper anywhere is a member of a country club. <laughs> That's how rich, there's like, oh, it's so rich that you can't even accurately picture it. Yeah. Either way, that, I had a journalism career that lasted a very short time. Before. So let me give you some good ones. All right, let's um, get to it. I worked uh, on a film crew. Uh, Doing what? For I was, it was a, a non-paying film crew. They paid my gas only. Oh my and god! Initially, I was art department, but then the prop master quit, so I got promoted to prop master. <laughs> what movie? Uh, it was it was a Skinamax movie, Hell and yeah. my uncle uh, got my my younger <laughs> uncle got me this job. Your younger uncle, I like this. Well, already. not younger than me, but like he was 
not that old. He was like right. He was twenty. Like Ten years older than you. He's exactly. Yeah. And so he was like this cool uncle. I had a cool like, uncle. He was on American like, Gladiators. Job on this crew. Yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a young uncle. Okay, he's American a, Gladiators. He was he was on American Gladiators. He won a ton of episodes. Was he Nitro? No, no. But he's like he's like Nitro's a pretty cool guy. Like he had all okay. these stories. He's like he's like Laser's cool. Tower's the best. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, his name's Ted LePage. He, he's a cool guy. Uh, it, and it he was on American Gladiators when I was like ten. Oh, so he's and like your hero. It you couldn't ask for a better thing to have. Right. That was the most popular show. And then I'm like, that's my uncle, that's my mom's little brother. I know him. He knows Nitro. I'm as cool as he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember I had like a water balloon fight with him one time, and I went back to school. I was like, I had a water balloon fight with Uncle Ted last week. And they're like, who the fuck is Uncle Ted? I'm like, you wish you knew. Oh. <laughs> You're already too cool to explain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So the, the claim to fame of this movie is, besides as prop master, I had to craft a fake penis. <laughs> For a for a boner under the sheets scene? No. Yes, and I had to pull, put it on a string, and on a certain point after action, pull the string and pull the fake boner oh up my under the sheet. God. And that actor, I know still, he is a bartender <laughs> at a bar I go to all the time in Silver Lake. Which bar? Act bar. Oh, he's fuck one yeah. of the straight bartenders at Act Bar. Oh, really? <laughs> I almost went to Act Bar last night. No, I you would have seen me. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang, because yeah, I was with uh, I was with Grace, my girlfriend. And we were going to meet Burns and Melissa. Who, uh, yeah, and they were like they're going to a drag show, and I assumed it was at Akbar for some reason. That's maybe just stereotyped was it me. In Atwater Village? No, it was at the it was at Casa de Campo or Casita whatever. Casita del Campo. Yeah, awesome place. Yeah. So, but when they said they're there, the, I was it's like, the locus of uh, gay slash drag comedy in Los Angeles. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, Okay, but okay. So you, the, the, uh, that was me as the prop master, and also another another thing I remember was that the, uh, the, the I mean the, the fast talking producer, people quitting because he wasn't paying them, and he was going, "I'll get your money, I'll get your money, I'll get your money." You're living in the the, the disaster artist. Yeah, so I'm like 20 years old, exposed to like what Hollywood's really like. Oof. Nobody getting their money, and like I think I think the um, stunt coordinator. <laughs> Picked up the producer and slammed him against the wall, and it's like the check fucking bounced. <laughs> and I, I, I was, I had to watch that, and I was like, so this is how showbiz works. Oh my god! Um, also, the director was hilarious. He was the director was like a trust fund uh, white oh, guy with dreads, Jesus. and he set up a track, a track shot, a circular track around a table. And I remember, um, I remember him pacing around it, going, yeah, 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 before the shot. You know, he's going, yeah. this fucking scene is gonna make Tarantino look like a pussy. Oh, because my God. the camera was gonna go around the track one more time than Tarantino had at that point. <laughs> So yeah, Tarantino's gonna look like a pussy. <laughs> yeah, because he couldn't send the camera around one more gratuitous time like you have. Yeah, because he trimmed a scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he edited it for inter- entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, okay, so you, you work on that crew. Do you see it all the way through? Does you yeah, see it? I lasted through to the uh, rap party, and uh, I got a job based on it. I got hired for a job from that. Doing uh, working on another film another crew? art art department crew for like a TV show that this guy did, and I lasted a week before I stayed up all night one night, then worked the next day, and then the but then I thought I was invincible, and then the night after that, yeah. I had a beeper. The alarm didn't go off it correctly, and it ruined my life because then I was somebody else's ride, 
and then I got fired because oh. I was the I caused two people to be like right. two hours late. What? Uh, what so what that was the end of my crew career. <laughs> was, <laughs> it was like everything that I could have done. Like the door slammed very quickly, but you slammed the door. Yourself. I also, yeah, it was me doing some you of were the slamming the door <laughs> shut. Uh, so, but what was the TV show? Was it? I don't know. Some God knows. It's probably not around anymore. Yeah, some, I doubt it was still around. It was some some guys are shooting up a place type TV show. Okay, it wasn't dinosaurs. I just want to meet someone who worked on dinosaurs. Well, funny you mention that because we're now we're now where I'm like twenty three. Twenty. I'm I'm twenty four. I know this because this was the year Bush was reelected, and so I'm twenty four years old. I got a job as. And I was doing very little pay work in showbiz. I did a sketch show called The Deviants with Drew Drogi and some other people. And I was in an improv group called The Bleed with Josh Fadum and Drew Drogi. Josh Fadum um, is one of the funniest people on the planet if you haven't checked him out. And we would get paid, you know, like $50 each. So it's just like nominal money. But uh, I got a job when I was 24 at a warehouse near the airport. And it was perfect. It was awful. I'm I'm on board already. A it, warehouse near the airport. It was it was a heyday of Craigslist. This is a Craigslist job. Uh, paid it was uh, we 1099 paid as a contractor, uh, and it was a warehouse uh, for a company. It was the, it was a showroom in a warehouse, and they sold. I'm not kidding. Ancient fossils as decorations to rich people. Okay. Um, and so like they pull out dinosaurs, sloths, ancient shells. Um, all kinds of creatures from thousands or millions of years ago. And rich people go, oh, you know what? I want that. I want colacanths all around my pool. And so they, we, they would hew them into like stone slabs. And so my job was like shipping and receiving, among other things. And so I was constantly re- like receiving some priceless Jurassic Park thing <laughs> in the back of the warehouse. You know, like, a, like, a, like an amethyst. The, an, an amethyst that they found while do, opening a mine for some other purposes. Yeah, in Bolivia. Yes, and it was my job to like to like move these priceless artifacts around. Um, it was also it was like they were all Republicans. Everybody at this place was Republicans, and by and by this time I was like hardcore anti Bush. Yeah, and so uh, I had I was like making fun. I was make, doing a Bush impression, making fun of George W. Bush, and they were like, <laughs> "He's gonna win," um, which was sadly true. Yeah, he did. Um, but why, I, why do the why are the Democrats like what, they like losing? They just. We they put up boring people. Well, John Kerry was inexcusable. Um, I was a hardcore Howard Dean person at the time. But I was just Howard just, Dean was the first political uh, figure of uh, that was running for president. Went, he's the one who went like, bah, right? <laughs> That's but, not how he should be known. <laughs> he was the first political figure. Anywhere running for president that was like, you know what, human uh, gay people are actually human beings, <laughs> and it was like groundbreaking at the time that he was like, I don't think that they should be able to get married, but they should be able to have a civil union which accords you the same rights. And at the time, we were like, thank you. No one's ever talked to us that way before. Yeah. Um, um, okay. So uh, John Kerry was just like, oh no, we're not going to give you the guy that's opposed to the Iraq War. We're going to give you this slab of mahogany wood. <laughs> yeah, that, just too boring, man. Uh, an unforgivably boring. Yeah, that's just you got just boring after boring. And after agreed boring. with Bush on so much shit too. <laughs> unforgivably boring and wrong. <laughs> um, and uh, this is 
That's that's me. That's me. Uh, that's me reading Daily Coast at the age of twenty four. Yeah, exactly. That's you're going back to your philosophical student like depression. But I had to quit that job. The, okay. Uh, the uh, the Shipping fossil them. warehouse. Okay, fossil because warehouse. one day it was not run like a safe workspace. Mm-hmm. It was not OSHA compliance. Oh yeah. One day you tell me the warehouse by the airport is not OSHA compliant. <laughs> <laughs> they had well, they had a fake showroom with stuff bolted up on the walls and stuff, and okay. I would help them do that sometimes. But somebody bought some rich person bought a big slab of pectin shells that was a four ton slab of pectin shells, which had uh, what are pectin shells? Uh, you know, like the Shell gasoline logo. Yes, that kind of shell. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's just a mollusk shell, okay. but it's bi- they were ancient ones, so they were way bigger than they are now. So, like as big as my hand, yeah. each shell was like as big as my hand. Okay, and it was a beautiful relief because they had been uh, swamped in some kind of disaster. Yeah, uh, hundreds of thousands of years ago, or maybe millions, and um, uh, they turned to limestone. They petrified. So they turned to limestone. So it was four tons, and it was a slab of it. And they put it in a frame, and it was on the showroom wall. So our job that day, we were going to take it off the wall oh. and wrap it up very safely, and take it over to Palace Verdes or wherever they, whoever bought it. All right, I see what's happening here. So they didn't have a crane. They rigged up a forklift as a makeshift crane. Uh, that uh, the the guy's name was Bob. He was like <laughs> he was like a classic Bob. He had like yeah. a mustache that he, looked he like looked the, like a Bob. Yeah, he had like a gray mustache that looked like um, TikTok from Return to Oz. Sure, and it was like Bob, and he he would always said he always said things like, uh, "What's your fantasy, Jimmy? I'll tell you what mine is: to die in the <laughs> middle of having sex with uh, Christy Brinkley." <laughs> It sucks for her having a dead fat guy on top of her, but that's how I want to go out. <laughs> he would tell me things like that. I like Bob a lot. And then so he rigged up a um, <laughs> he rigged up a uh, a forklift um, as a crane, and we uh, we very carefully unbolted the corners of yep. the thing, and I'm holding it in place on the wall it's... while he gets the crane ready, which is a forklift with some like <laughs> ropes attached to it. And he's pulling it off the wall. It's working, right? He's pulling it off the wall. But then we realize he didn't unbolt one of the <laughs> one of the four corners. So he just starts pulling the wall. So it's hard. I'm trying to explain this. It's like a very big piece of art a frame where one of the corners is still bolted in, and it's being pulled by a forklift crane. And I'm still holding it on the wall where the where I undid the bottom two corners, right. so they're loose. And but it's but it's it's coming it's wobbling out at a weird <laughs> angle because one of the bolts on the top is still okay. in. He pulls it out, it wobbles out, and I heard the uh, the owner shouting, "It's going! It's going! It's going!" <laughs> I notice that I notice it's falling out of the frame. The 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 limestone oh. pectin shells is falling out of the frame. <laughs> My first instinct as a hard worker. Uh, someone who take I take pride in my work. My yeah. first instinct is, oh, save the priceless <laughs> fossil. Yeah. So I, my first instinct was to push it up with all my strength back on the wall. <laughs> and I'm telling you, Brooks, this is like in in like a second that yeah. all this happens. I feel the heaviest thing of my life, <laughs> and I feel it coming very fast. And I realize death, 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 death. <laughs> And so I, instead of pushing it up, I use it to push myself <laughs> off away from it. It falls and shatters. 
It falls and shatters at my feet. Oh. It damaged my shoe, but didn't hurt my foot because I just cleared it. Oh, God. And it was just shattered dust. Yeah. And it was priceless. There's no way. It was insured for, like, uh, it was insured for $100,000, but it was worth an infinite amount of money. Right, yeah. And the first thing, they were like, are you all right? Are you all right? And then they were like, <laughs> well... We almost just had a squished comedian here. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I'm not working here anymore. <laughs> because I, all that whole day, we I went home. squished Jimmy. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, my mom would have been crying. I would have been dead. <laughs> like, what are they going to pay? They're going to pay $10,000 to have me probably, like, not even buried. They're going to, like, burn, like, what do you call it? Uh... I don't even know. Like yeah. uh, when they burn a body, they, oh, uh, incinerate it. Yes, they would have incinerate. Like they cremate it. They would have given like hush money to my family and my whole career. I'm like, no, no, no I'm better than this. Not worth it. So I quit. The, that was, I think, the first job that I quit and wasn't fired from, okay. or just taken off they, the schedule. They, they didn't go. You're you're giving everybody the willies. <laughs> get it? Uh, okay. That so, was the end of that job. So let's get let's. Uh, so that's any of that job, but comedy's starting to work at this point, though a little bit. Yeah, there's no money in it. Right after that, there's uh, there's um, I worked for an internet spamming company where I was in the customer service department, and okay. it was my job. Once people had bought the faulty ink cartridges that the website sold, yeah. It was my job to not give them refunds. However, oh, I was a good person, and so if they do, if they didn't call up yelling at me personally, I would always like on the on the down low. I would be like, "All right, here's what you need to do." And yeah, like I would get them their refund. Yeah, um, as long as they weren't a dick to me personally. Yeah, um, but I didn't last long at that place. because yeah, I, was, I gave sounds, away too many refunds. That sounds like a bummer too. Yeah, it was a bummer. Yeah, um, and that was also the same company at the time that owned MySpace. So I was. I was like worked in the office like right next to the MySpace guys. And this is when MySpace is like And Tom was a real guy in the office like what? next to me. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> this is fucking what this podcast is about. <laughs> I want to get behind Tom. I saw him. Who was Tom? He was just Why was he the thing? He was like an unassuming guy who was just I don't I didn't I talked to him much. He was just always. What was his job? Why was he there? Writing in dry erase on a marker board, and he would use little lunches, and uh, I would just be like, because we all were on MySpace. We're like, oh yeah, there's Tom. What? How? And his entourage of Tom acolytes or whatever. Yeah. What the fuck was he like? One of the creators of MySpace? One of the funny things is the same company Rob Delaney worked at. That's where I met Rob Delaney. Oh really? Yes. And we we. Did a karaoke contest for the company, and we were co-winners. We both we tied each other for That's best karaoke. Wonderful. That's good to hear. This um, is probably back when he was drinking, right? Probably. Yeah, yeah. he got some funny drinking stories. <laughs> uh, all right. So then you worked there for a little bit. You see Tom. That's an entry level exclusive, guys. Uh, you know, that's that's what you, that's what you uh, don't pay for the podcast for. Uh, but um, so you do that. You're doing comedy. What like what's the final job that you have? Like, do you do you have a bunch more? Or you- uh, the main series of the main industry I worked in between comedy not paying and TV gigs, and then even after a little bit, yeah, I have to tuck my tail between my legs and go yeah, back. when you go back, uh, bar service. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, catering. Uh, catering and bar service. Okay, so I like the show Party Down. Was it a lot like Party Down? I love like- Party Down. <laughs> catering was a lot like that. I still have stories about like rich people that I still have refused to forgive their moral failings f- for how they treated the help. Really? They assume that you're some idiot. And I'm like, no, I'm smarter than you. Yeah. Uh, I just have to be, sh- I have to shut my mouth. Yes. Um, 
that's what Howard. That's, that's what Howard Kramer put it in his episode. He was like, he hated being a waiter because he's like, any idiot comes off the street and they are your boss for an hour, no right. matter what. He's like, I hated it. Yeah, so you're some grumpy guy. You're waiting on a family at a, at a Passover seder or whatever, and just the grumpy uncle goes, "I need more food than that. I'm an adult." And I'm like, "Okay, all right." I see the, and then I start, and then I realize, it's, you know, it's not just my family. Uh, everybody has somebody, some shitty person. Right. Everybody's fucked up. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so you're just like my this this guy in my family. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, there are. I saw a photo of the Undertaker with his mom. Like as a young Undertaker, the wrestler, mm-hmm. and uh, he's just like seven foot and all in black, and like just hugging like this sweet old woman. And I was like, so we all have that cousin. Like everybody has a goth yeah. cousin. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's really funny. It's so funny. Look up Undertaker with his mom. It is the fucking. I tweeted. You sure it's not Paul Bear? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I tweeted about it. Uh, so you just look look at there, but it it fucking killed me. Um, um, so you're working in the service industry. Any, yeah, any, I, you running into any, any famous people? You, you're helping yeah, any famous probably. Um, uh, yeah, I probably catered some famous person's garden party or whatever. Sure. Uh, but I wasn't. I, these are years when I wasn't caring much about famous people. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean, man. Like, so I would be like, oh yeah, I think I remember her from a movie, and I wasn't too starry eyed about it. Yeah, I get excited about like fun famous. Pe- I saw Max, the woman who plays Max Mom from It's Always Sunny at Vons. Yeah, that's the type of shit I get excited about. I was like, oh my god, you're so funny. <laughs> Um, I remember one time at, at the catering job, uh, I remember a rich guy in um, w- that area ne- west of Koreatown where the rich houses are by Highland and Melrose. Uh, oh, yeah. Like Larchmont? Uh, it's around there. Is it called Highland Park? Is there's that what that, you call it? Aaron? There's that. Um, I know. I used, or, to, I used to live over I there. I need to look at a there. map. But anyway. It's got that park, the golf course right in the middle of it. golf courses all around there. Anyway, there's like a big mansions. It's like. People who want a mansion and don't want to live in the hills—that's their neighborhood. Yeah, no. Um, one time, my friends from Iowa were visiting. We were—they were—they were bummed. They didn't see any famous people. I was driving them back to the airport through the area, and they—we saw Andy Richter taking his garbage out. And I was like, "Yeah, there we go. It's all guy." <laughs> I'm, I can't. What's the one next to Eagle Rock? Is that Highland Park? Oh, that's Highland Park. So, what's the other thing that sounds like that? That's down by this Wilshire. And, this doesn't matter. All right, cut all this out. I know L.A. <laughs> I know it like the back of my hand. <laughs> Um, so th- th- there was this rich guy having a party and he seemed like the coolest guy. He was like, apparently he'd made his money in like a dot com boom. And he was like, young rich guy, you know, like, hey guys, thanks for helping out. You know what? And as the night went on and he got a little, little drunk, he got meaner. Oh no. And, um, I, he had hired a, like a big crew of caterers and he had hired, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, a chef, you know, for this party and stuff. Sure. So the chef in the kitchen tells me, he's like, oh, he, he made some particular hors d'oeuvre. And he's like, take this to uh, take this to the host and tell him that he has to try it. Okay. So I take it to the host and, and I'm like, uh, you, sir, sir, I'm told that you have to try this. And he goes like, yeah, no thanks. And so I take it back to the chef. I'm like, he said, no thanks. And he goes, uh, take it back and tell him that the chef would like him to try this hors d'oeuvre. And so I took it back to him. I'm like, sir. The chef uh, would really like to try this hors d'oeuvre. And he's like, uh, no. I said, no, thanks. So I went back to the chef and I'm like, uh, he doesn't he, he doesn't want it. And he goes, take it back to him and say that the chef insists. And 
any normal person, when the chef insists, you fucking do it. <laughs> Unless there's a serious dietary restriction, you do what the chef says. I don't care about your diet. I don't care if it doesn't look good Whoa, to you. Oh, Lewis Black just showed up. So anyway, I know. <laughs> this is a moral failing. So I go back. I go back a third time, and I'm like, sir... The chef insists that you try this. And he goes, yeah, well, when the chef has enough money to buy the house, then he can tell me what to do. Oh, no. Gross. Gross. A fortune he didn't deserve. No. I hope, I hope to this day that it somehow gets taken from him. <laughs> and there wasn't, there was, there was there other examples of that, too. Just rich people with bad manners. It's inexcusable. Yeah, yeah. I went, I went to a really, I won't say his name but I ended up at some very rich comedian's house one time and uh, and um, he just goes yeah jokes about all this and I was like oh my god don't ever say that <laughs> no 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 yeah how much clawing was involved <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so you worked in there. Yeah, the- catering, and then really the la- like the thing that saved my life over the years, bar backing at gay bars. Yeah. Yup. Gay bars and like gay club events at you know Hollywood Athletic Club. Uh-uh. I think it's called Social now in uh, Central Hollywood. I don't know. So they have like big like. <laughs> Type events. Okay, I, I didn't know you could beatbox. Yeah, I, I don't. Well, it's trauma. I'm traumatized by it, yeah, having okay. worked in it so much um, in the 2000s. But yeah, I did all. I did like I worked like Tiger Heat. <laughs> what? And I was fuck? a bar back. What so, is Tiger Heat? This is a gay club, and it was like you know a gay that's club a, with like 500 people. Like even for a gay thousand like, people. Like uh, even if I'm like Tiger Heat, I'd be like, guys, let's let's that's a little too gay. Well, <laughs> it was a club owned and run by uh, homophobic. Persian guys what yes but then they had a guy under him who was like the liaison to all the gay clubs that they rented it out to and so I remember one time the the owner owner was like I asked him like what's the club tonight he was like tiger heat (laughs) (laughs) he's rolling his eyes because there wasn't like hot girls for him I guess it was guys dancing but then we're going to make money off of people's happiness tonight yeah I mean I got laid a lot as a bar back at gay club nights and I worked at the motherload for Two, a year and a half or two years, um, which was the longest job I've ever had. Mother, I think what did before, you do there? before a few recent cartoons. That was the longest job okay. I've ever had. What, what, what were you doing at Mother? Bar back, baby. Not good enough to make mixed drinks, but if you need a beer and it's a busy time, I can get you a beer. <laughs> Um, I, I I remember the few times I ever made drinks for anyone, it was like a disaster. And sure. the, I only got by by people going like, oh, sweetie, you're cute. Oh, that's all you need. Um, Got laid, got fucked. Uh, nice. Got nice. fucked by a bartender who was technically my boss uh, oh, at some catering events. You got me too. Yeah. Fate. Well, he was hot. Consensual. He was hot. Consensual. Yeah. I shouldn't throw that around there. Yeah. He was I've hot. been using it as a verb too much. <laughs> <laughs> like my girlfriend would like, like, um. Like just like touch my arm. I go, hey, don't be to me. And then she's like, nah, you're getting a little too. Yeah, li- I was like, you're getting a little too liberal with that uh, oh, really? very important uh, movement. I guess yes, you would you would get corrected in that. So. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm, I'm being, no, there were know. there there were when you work in a gay bar world, there are people who are take it too far. There are people who in every industry who demand that you have sex with them and no, they don't take no for an answer. I had to tell some guy one time at the motherload, oh, I don't eat dinner. Because oh. he wouldn't take no for an answer. Oh my gosh! 
Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was like the har- that was like as harsh as I get. I don't like to be mean to people. Right. Usually, I just pretend that I don't understand that they're hitting on me. Yeah. That usually works. Yeah. But sometimes they don't let you get away with that. Oh yeah. No. It's like and my that- favorite. My favorite thing though. I remember a powerful guy who was an MTV executive. Uh, I don't know if he's still. He was like a minor MTV executive. Maybe he was lying. Maybe he was just a producer. Sure. But he was just this like he was just this. <sighs> I'm in my 20s. He's in his late 40s with the blonde, frosted tips hair thing. No, and like, I'm trying to look young no more, kind of thing. No more frosted. He after. thinks he thinks I'm just some average twink in West Hollywood, right? And he's like, you know, you're really hot. You should come home. You should, I got a mansion. You should come swim in my pool. You know, like. And he did it like, he did it like for like weeks. It, day, like every time I'd see him, like hardcore hitting on me, grabbing my ass, like hitting me with a poker cue in my ass and stuff oh like that. Oh my God. My ass has become desensitized to a lot of things like that, having worked in. <laughs> the business sure but i mean at one point i'm just like i i didn't yell at him but i'm like no nah it's not gonna happen and he this is one of my favorite things that guys do sometimes he was like yeah well you're not that hot (laughs) (laughs) somebody that's been like trying to fuck you for weeks then goes well you're not that hot i don't i'm not even sad about this i don't believe you (laughs) yeah Uh, okay well yeah that it's it's in every industry man it's terrible it's not good uh, yeah, people taking advantage of power. Working at gay bars was fun. I did. I was. I, I started skinny, and I when I by the time I left that job, I was uh, beer fat. Oh, yeah, no, I too many free free drinks. I accidentally shaved my beard the other day. Like, like I got a new beard trimmer and shaved it all. Like to where I was just. I was like, well, I guess I'll just shave my whole beard. And sure. then I was like, well, I haven't seen me without a beard in like four years. And, uh, and yeah, I was like, oh, you're chubby now. Like I was like, oh, I didn't haven't seen that. But you're also skinny but 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 i haven't seen myself you know you see too much of your own face for the first time in a while yeah yeah either way i ran into kroll and he was i was just like he's like oh you shaved and i was like yeah yeah i feel fat he's like yeah you're not a little boy anymore (laughs) he's like yeah you're an adult man now i was like yeah yeah i know know. Uh, you're not a little boy well he didn't say little boy he's like yeah you're an adult now i was like yeah yeah i'm not 24 yeah no you look like a professional wrestler (laughs) yeah that's good yeah, no. By the way, Royal Rumbles tonight. Pretty excited about that. If you were a professional wrestler, would you be like a big shot famous guy or would you be like a local jobber whose oh, intention I, is to lose? I, I feel like if my, if if it was parallel with my comedy career, local jobber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I always loved those guys because they were like the bottoms of professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah, they're just getting beat up. There's yeah. this one guy now I can't think of his name, but his whole thing is his whole thing is I got kids, so he wrestles to feed his kids. He just what? Like, he comes out, he goes, I got kids. I need to win. I got kids. What That's the gimmick. This gimmick is he's got kids. He sells shirts that says I got kids, <laughs> and, and he is, always loses. He just gets his fucking ass kicked all the time. It's like my favorite guy in wrestling right now. I got kids who specifically <laughs> don't need to look up to a role model that wins in any way. <laughs> uh, okay, so what? What is? We got to get out of here. Um, what's the job? What? Like I'm, I'm sure it was a slow build, but when did were you like I got comedy? I don't need to move back to any of these shows. Oh yeah, I, so I got booked to be on the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, January of t- 2005. Uh, th- one of the writers' assistants saw me doing George W. Bush at Josh Fadum's basement show in the Ramada Inn on oh, Vermont. Yeah, I, I, do they still do shows there? No, but. <laughs> For a while, other people did, but that they was did. like a storied show. Yeah, that show was like when I moved here in two thousand nine. That was like a cool show to hang at. Yeah, 
So I was... I don't think I ever got up. I think I just hung. I did George W. Bush. And back in those days, I would improvise and take questions from the audience. Like it was a press conference. It's George W. Bush. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I think you just asked your own question. <laughs> and um, let's do one. Let's do one. Yeah, sure. Wait, next, what do you need? Um, sir, what? Like, which war do you think is more necessary? Afghanistan or Iraq? I'm understandful. I'm fully understandful that there's folks out there, they're in a country, and they don't want to b- have bombs, but I think you got a bomb. <laughs> it's fun. You go in, you bomb, you have two for, there's no saying we have down in Texas, you get a bird in the hand, and you also have a bird in the bush. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so... He sees um, you do that. You get booked on Craig Ferguson. I got booked on Craig Ferguson, and suddenly, and I was like desperately poor at mm. that time. Yeah, that's like what seven fifty? It's de- it's it's sag, sag day rate. Sag day rate. A seven, few years ago, so it's probably seven fifty, maybe six hundred. Yeah. The first few checks go to union dues. Oh God. Uh, Aftra. <laughs> yep. And then so I'm I'm like doing the thing where I'm like work. I was on every week. They I was such a hit. They I was on every week, but I didn't see any of the paychecks for like two months. Right. And then I was like desperately poor and like hard to eat. And I've been there a few times, but that was like one of the hard to eat times. And then one day in the mail, I got like all these boom, 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 boom checks on the same day. Yeah. And I was like crying. I was like, thank God. Yeah. And um, within a few months, like within, like I got the job in January. By the summer, I had quit my job at the mother load. And I was like, I'm in TV now, fuckers. And That's great. And then, then went, after a year, they took me off of contract, and yeah. I was poor again. Oh, my. <laughs> it happens. And so I, yes, I I quit my day job a little too early because mm-hmm. I thought that I thought I was like that. My ship, I'm on my ship. I'm never turning back. I did the opposite. I had my day job way too long. Like oh yeah yeah it was oh I remember you had you would always be like sorry guys I gotta go do a research biology <laughs> yeah no I would like it'd be like two in the morning I'd be like oh, I gotta run a lab in four hours yeah I would have to go down to San Diego and euthanize rabbits and you did it in San Diego well that's where we would run our tests when I was working out at Caltech we worked with a lab in San Diego oh, so I'd have to God. cruise down to San Diego to like oversee testing on on animals and it was it was so sad it was such a sad job. Um, but yeah, I had that until the day I got SNL, and then I like did the classic, like I'm out of here. Is there any way I can keep the job? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm out of here. You're not going to see me in LA for a while. Six months later, what's up, LA? Like, and then there was a time five years later, struggle, 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 making less than enough money to get by at mm-hmm. comedy, and then I was I reached another point where I was starving, hard to eat, no money, nothing going on. And I started cobbling together my real resume to get a real job again. Yeah. And it looked, and there was like a gap of employment from <laughs> 2005 to 2010 where I had to be like, well, I've been doing comedy. <laughs> no, you haven't seen any of it. Uh, and there was, and, and so I was trying to get, the, and it was like, well, I worked at a bunch of gay bars before <laughs> that for five years or, and then, and then I, um, I was trying. I started going out for jobs and no, nothing, and that's when I got on uh, Last Comic Standing. Oh yeah, how was that? Who who won that season? Um, was it what season was that? Felipe Esparza, season oh, ten. Okay, yeah, that's when I was living. I think like in like I mean, maybe I was out here by then. I don't know what what place did you get on it? Tenth. Okay, I made the top ten. Yeah, 
and I was the first person in America voted <laughs> off. Up until that point, it's like the judges. Yeah. And then after it was out of the judges' hands, it was America was like, get that guy off my TV. No, 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 no. Um, that's that's crazy. Yeah, you're the second person. Nikki Glazer was on. And in my brain, Nikki was on like an early season. In my brain, Nikki like won. Because right. she was from St. Louis. And I had spent time in Kansas City doing stand-up. And she had left Kansas City to go do Last Comic Standing. In my like brain at that time she won and then when she was on here I was like what place did you get she was like I think 8th I was like oh I thought you won right just because of how exciting it was to not even know someone but to, to know people who knew her and she was on television yeah and that was uh, that was early that was like 2007 or 8 she was up 2007 or 6 you know what's funny uh, some people, when I was announced, when you're on Last Comic Standing, obviously there's a lot of attention on you. And some of it's from bitter people. And people were like, well, obviously the people who stand in line and audition don't get it. It's all the people with agents that are the ones that get pushed forward and yeah. make it into the final rounds. Did you stand in line? Not that time. No, yeah. But seven years before, in 2003, I had. Yeah. I no. stood in line in 2003 for four hours <laughs> and did a thing, and it was taped and everything, and it was like, ha, 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 thank you. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I did that, just not the year that I got on. No, yeah, no. I I drove up to Minneapolis when I was like three months into comedy to, to stand in line. And this is pretty just standard for a foreshadowing of my career. Got too drunk the night before and missed the audition. <laughs> like, oh, like I would would have never made it anyway. But like, like just uh, like we we stood in line. Like you've given yourself a tale of woe. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, yeah. We stood in line and just hung out. I actually met some cool people mm-hmm. and ended up liking the Minneapolis scene after that. But uh, but okay. So then after that last comic standing, that's when you get to quit and you you haven't. Yeah, I mean, I well, I, I had I had been about to get a day job again at that yeah. point, and then after that, I didn't have to. That's great. Yeah. Then after that, it's just been like uh, falling on my teeth the honest way, <laughs> um, skating by, crashing yeah. on couches. Yeah, moving to New York, having fun there. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, it's good. I'm glad that I you're patent- by the you know the the patented cost cutting technique of living on a couch for a year. Nothing, nothing you, don't wrong with a, that. you don't need a day job when you got a couch in New York and a couch in L.A. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You are a guy that I would see both places quite often. Yeah. You and Sean Patton. Sean Patton was the pro, and I lived with him. We, we actually both lived on two different couches <laughs> at Rebecca Trent's apartment at the same time in New York. Rebecca Trent is a saint. She takes in, uh, like... Like stray cats? Stray cats, only they're comedians. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. they're all funny. She only takes in funny comedians, but uh, comedians who can't take care of themselves. Right, yeah. She saves my life and a few others. Yeah, for sure. Um... Uh, yeah, well, either way, it's all... I'm gonna, At the Creek in the Cave in Creek Long in Island cave. City. Yeah, in Long Island City, which is like a really fun place. And also a fun hang. They got all the pinballs down there. Oh, great it's place. It's so fun. Um, uh, but you got this, you're got you on this cart... The new cartoon coming out? Cartoon President, yeah. Cartoon President on... Uh, Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. Premieres in February, but Premieres it's February. on YouTube now. It's on YouTube right now. And what other cartoons are you working on? Um, okay, so I'm on uh, Talking Tom and Friends on YouTube, which is a kid's cartoon. That's fun. I'm on... Um, uh, hold on. 
Okay. Uh, hold on. <laughs> I gotta look at my calendar. No, that's fine. Wait, edit uh, this, edit this, edit this. Oh, you're making me. I'm not gonna edit this. It's, it's no, because I gotta look at my appointments, and this is embarrassing. No, I'm. I, this is not gonna be edited. Okay, I do the Clashorama cartoons on YouTube. I'm on BoJack Horseman. Ooh. Um, I'm on a show called Close Enough on Adult Swim. It's not out yet. Uh, made by the guy who does uh, um, regular show. Oh. Um. Well, these are all great. Yeah, I'm on shows all the time. I was recently on Future Worm, which is recently tragically canceled on Disney XD. Oh, dang. Um, and there's always other cartoons that I will be a part of. Dude, it's, too. Where, it's where it's at. I, I do. That's how I make money right now is VO. It's super fun. It's so fun. It's, it's the best. It's so fun. Yeah. You can do things that they told you you couldn't do. Yeah. And also, like, you don't. My only problem with it is I don't feel like I have a job, even though I do have a job. You know what I mean? Like. It's so fun. It doesn't, and, it, and I'm not writing it. So yeah, but you ever do? You ever talk so much and scream so much? You're exhausted afterwards. Yeah, we've recorded like 35 episodes of this cartoon. It's a half hour where I'm my whole guy just shouts the whole time. Yeah, that's what people don't know. All cartoon voices are shouting. Yeah, even if you're like, "Hey, it's me, a little guy." When you're in the booth doing it, it's like, "Hey, it's me, a little guy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're exactly. just shouting in some strange voice for four hours. We we just had the rap for uh, the rap party for Big Hero Six Season One, like like because we wrapped the VO on it a long time ago, but you know they still have to animate it and shit afterwards. So they just wrapped the crew. So we they had the after party and. Um, the main woman who was mixing it, she said, "When on the first time she heard me, she goes, has this guy ever done this work before?'" And they go, oh, "No." And she goes, "What?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, but she was nice. She's like, "You've gotten a lot better." But at first, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" That's the t- director's job to go do it again. Well, it was because I would. I'm so used to doing stand up, and she's like, "Stay on the mic." Like we can edit, and I'm used to stand up to where you shout. You, if you shout, you take the mic you away. Take the mic away. Yeah. yeah. So I would like get closer and further to the mic. Based on how I do stand-up comedy. Yeah. And she was like, just stay on the mic. Right. I can work with the sound. So it was like a good note. I was like, this is a note I could have used a Yeah, year your and instinct is to go, hey, guys. Exactly. But then they want you to go, hey, guys. And then they and edit do it, it themselves. Yeah. Either way, James, thanks so much for coming on. It's fun. I'll see you in Toontown. See you in Toontown. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, James and Domain, everybody, uh, check him out online and... Uh, Watch yeah. this shit. And Brooks Whelan, thank you for having me on. Dude, super fun. We're neighbors. This is the best. I'll see you in the hood. Let's go see Get Out in theaters again. Let's see Get Out 2. Get Out 2. Get Outer. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Later.